We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky coming to you from the frozen north of Northfield, Minnesota. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from, as always, beautiful St. Louis, where it's a little warmer, from what I understand, than it is up there in Minnesota this time of year. Uh, I'm serving here at Ascension Lutheran Church. Yeah, when we're recording this, it's actually uh, early May. We we came up here for Mother's Day, and it literally is frozen. We've had frost warnings <laughs> every night we've been up here. Uh, but uh, hopefully by the time people are listening to this, even in Minnesota, it'll be a little bit, a little bit warmer because uh, this episode is coming to you on Pentecost, Pentecost weekend, Matt. That's right. Pentecost weekend, big deal for the church. Well, but is it? Is it, Matt? You know, that's the problem. Pentecost is kind of the forgotten festival of the church. You know, uh, Christmas is a really big deal. Easter also a really big deal. But it seems like, you know, Pentecost is just another Sunday. Uh, And and of course, you know, we've been pleading. We've been pleading with the captains of industry to commercialize Pentecost. (laughs) Because that's what you need. If you want to make it into a big deal, you need to commercialize it. Uh, But no one seems to take it. We we had this suggestion for the last couple of years, and no one seems to be taking us up on it, Matt. I don't really know what to do. I do don't you? get it. So it, it's a big deal on wrestling with the basics, at least. <laughs> yes, but yes, I know, is. I know. We, we've got to have, like we've talked about before, some kind of mascot, some kind of you know, something to identify, you know, with you know, secular <laughs> radio played <laughs> Pentecost songs. Uh, yeah. I don't know. No one seems interested, John. Well, but but you said it'd be perfect for Dove chocolate, right? Yes. Wouldn't that be a natural for Dove chocolate? And, and Hallmark, really, other than Mother's Day and Father's Day, they've got no reason to sell cards in the summertime. It would be a great opportunity for them to have the Pentecost. And, and we gave them, Matt, if I remember correctly, we gave them the lovable uh, mythical figure, Sparky the Pentecost Pigeon, <laughs> who, delivers, who delivers seven, seven presents to good children and you can just imagine what he delivers to the bad children he is a he is a pigeon, <laughs> a after, pigeon all. after all yes uh, <laughs> so <John>. okay <laughs> oh boy but i i don't know what else we can do matt I, i'm sorry i don't <laughs> we whole, can't do it all by ourselves i know i know golly yeah the oil and gas industry too you know with the flame idea oh, you know, yeah all sorts of potential <laughs> That's right. So, so let me ask you on a more serious side. Uh, uh, why do you think that is? Why do you? Because my understanding is, and and I, you know, I'm not a historian, but my understanding is that originally Pentecost was the big celebration in the church. In fact, they celebrated Pentecost uh, decades before anyone thought about celebrating Christmas or Easter. What? Why do you think that it's kind of fallen into uh, uh, ill practice? Uh, in in our times, well, yeah, I mean, in our times in particular, I, I think we've you know, <laughs> there's uh, some seriousness seriousness in our joking. I think it is in large part because it hasn't been secularized. Um, you know, Christmas has, Easter has, 
but but not Pentecost. Uh, the other, you know, I think we see that too with with Good Friday, frankly. Yes, for, yeah. The, you know, Good Friday again, big deal in wrestling the basics, big deal for the church, or at least it should be. But in the world, it's just another Friday. <laughs> you know, that's it. It's, it's overlooked. It <laughs> Last really minute is. shopping before Easter. <laughs> I know exactly. Right. I mean, people know Black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> they know what that's all about. That's secularized, right? But but Good Friday, what is that? Um, so I, I really do think that there's uh, some truth in our joking, John. Uh, I think a big thing is just, yeah, it's just it's not secular. We, we don't connect it with the commercialism of other holidays. Although now you've got me thinking, so so we need to make a note of this for next uh, Holy Week. We need to publicize the original Black Friday. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get a little. <laughs> Three hours of darkness, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> of course, that would be three hours of shopping or something, but, oh, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, uh, you know, uh, um, I was wondering if, if, well, I tell you what, let's start by just reading the story of Pentecost, because it is a big deal for us at Wrestling with the Basics. Uh, and maybe some of you will actually have Sparky the Peng, uh, the not the Penguin, <laughs> Sparky the Pigeon, have him on the show. But if you wouldn't mind reading Acts chapter two, uh, and we can keep speculating why why maybe Pentecost isn't uh, the big deal that it isn't should be the big deal. Okay, yeah, all right. So uh, Acts chapter two, begin with verse one. Uh, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound, like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Yeah, why don't you read through verse 7, Matt? Okay. Now there were one in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at the sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Okay, so so maybe one of the reasons why it, it just isn't as big as we'd like is because we, we can't duplicate what happened on the first Pentecost. Um I mean, we don't expect Jesus to rise from the grave on Easter. We, we know that happened in the past. We certainly aren't looking for a babe in a manger on Christmas Day. But, but somehow, maybe we think, well, you know, this is Pentecost. This is happening in the church. And, and why aren't we having such wondrous signs as mighty rushing winds and uh, tongues of fire and people speaking in, in many uh, foreign tongues? So, so maybe that's the thing. It's like, well, you know. We, we just can't do any of that anymore. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't celebrate Pentecost, because we just can't do Pentecost like Pentecost was originally done. Do you think that might be a that's factor, Matt? Yeah, because I think of you know, Christmas, we usually have our uh, Christmas programs. We try to reenact what happened. Oh, but yet yeah. And, and, and that's great. And, and yet, but that's still you know, sort of at a distance. That, that's what happened in Bethlehem. That's what happened in the, the stable and the baby laying in the manger. Uh, and those are very concrete things. But yeah, like you said, the day of Pentecost, this is this is happening to the church, the, the the church after Jesus has ascended into heaven. And what about today? Jesus is still at the Father's right hand in heaven. Why aren't we seeing these these flames of fire and hearing the, the different languages? What what's the deal? So yeah, maybe there's some truth to that, John. 
Well, you know, now, now you got me thinking too, in terms of, of, of giving uh, Pentecost a big push. So, so on Easter morning, uh, uh, you get up bright and early, right? Have a sunrise service, which of course you don't do that any other time of the year. Who who would want to get up at six in the morning? But again, because because we're trying to duplicate what happened on that first Easter when the women went to the tomb early in the morning. The why didn't they sleep in, Matt? <laughs> I know, John. I know, especially for you retired guys. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm simply, I'm following the model of the disciples, not the women. <laughs> right? They, they, they just slept in. in. Yes. Uh, uh, but so maybe you're right. Maybe what we need to do is get like some big industrial sized fans and have them blowing <laughs> through the church. Or I don't know. Somehow we could. Uh, but but so so here's the here's what I want to wrestle with. I'm wrestling with the basics okay, today. Okay. I want to wrestle with. So really, what did make Pentecost special? And is it possible for the church today to duplicate the things that made Pentecost special? Okay. That, that's that's my issue. Now, of course, no, no, we're, we're not going to have any uh, mighty rushing winds. In fact, that would, you know, if you had a tornado come through your church, on pet, that wouldn't, no, <laughs> that wouldn't be good. We, We'd remember uh, that, yeah. But sure. you would remember that. That's right. Would it be but I yeah, I don't have encourage attendance though. Uh, um, but but my my point has always been Matt, that I, I, none of this that happened uh, on Pentecost was meant to be flashy. Uh, although it certainly was flashy, <laughs> that would catch my attention if I saw if I was at your church and all of a sudden you had fire on the top of your head. <laughs> that, that would get my attention. Um, Go ahead, Matt. No, no, go ahead. No, no I okay. just, yeah, you, yeah, you. They'd keep people awake in the pews, John. That <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, you know, see, if that happened to me, someone would take a bucket of water and try to put me out. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that would Stop, do. Drop and roll. <laughs> oh boy. But, but of course, the thing we need to remember here is that we don't really want that stuff to happen to us, uh, because the point on Pentecost is Jesus is appointing men to be his apostles. Uh, and the word apostle in the Bible, uh, in the reference to these guys anyway, the word apostle can simply mean someone who was sent Sense. to represent you. Uh, but the Bible does talk about the the apostles with, you know, with a capital T-H-E and a capital A, uh, the men whom God himself had chosen uh, to be his witnesses and to come and deliver the truth. Uh, and in fact, that was such a big deal that uh, since Judas had uh, committed suicide, uh, what did the early church feel like they needed to do? So you got me thinking about what else is in the first couple chapters of Acts. What, what sure, did the yeah. church so feel they, compelled? You know, so they have to, um, it really, they saw it in fulfillment of, of scriptures, really, to yeah. choose someone to take his place, that his spot would be fulfilled. And then they, they cast lots and lots on Matthias to take his place. And, and again, very, very clear uh, uh, job description that he had to have been taught by Jesus and he had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection. So, so here's the thing. We're not going to find apostles today. Uh, we have been taught by Jesus. I hope people listening to us on the show understand that we're just trying to teach you what Jesus teaches. Uh, but no, no, we, we don't claim to be divinely inspired. Uh, and we certainly have not been eyewitnesses of the resurrection. But but that's kind of the point of all these miraculous signs is, is that the Holy Spirit saying, these are the men. You want to know what Jesus teaches? These are the men you need to listen to because these are the men, as the text says, are filled 
with the Holy Spirit uh, of Jesus Christ. And, and and previously, we in the past, we've talked about the fact that the, the sound of the rushing wind was to gather a group of people. Even as today, if you would hear a loud noise, you'd be attracted to that. What is that? You'd want to go see what it is. And of course, the big problem, uh, as is listed, if we would continue to read in Acts, that these people are from all over the, the world, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and so on, which is why they have to speak in all these different languages so that people can understand uh, the message that they're delivering. Um, yeah, comment? Think, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, you know, I think to, I, I like your comment about these are the people that, that should be listened to, because when you think back, I mean, the church at this time, boy, it, it's small, numbers-wise. You know, in the previous chapter, you have uh, that note in verse 15 about the uh, company of the persons and all was about 120. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it at this point. And so now that Jesus is, is physically gone from them, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> Who do we listen to? Um, where do we go? Uh, and for this day of Pentecost, it confirmed, okay, this is who to listen to. And the Holy Spirit is the one who's inspiring and guiding and, and speaking through them. I think that's uh, that's important for people to see that in a visible way. And like you said, these people are first and foremost witnesses to the resurrection. They can testify that Christ is risen indeed, hallelujah, as they share that good news. And and so that that's the purpose of the tongues of fire. You know, we're now at the temple and you've got this handful of Christians and you've got thousands and thousands of people who have gathered to worship at the Jewish festival of Pentecost. Uh, so how do we know uh, that we're supposed to be uh, looking at a particular group? Well, these are the guys with the tongues of fire. See, it sets them out. So I think that's the whole point of this. These apostles are being set out as the spokesmen for Jesus Christ. And frankly, I, I don't want that. I don't want people looking at me and seeing a tongue of fire because uh, I don't want them to think that I am God's inspired spokesman. I, I hope that they will regard you and me as people that are trying to share with them the truth that came to us from God's inspired spokesman. Um, one real quick comment here, Matt, and I, I appreciate your comment. So there are people who, who claim today to speak in tongues. And, and in fact, they would say, oh, yeah, see, this proves that we have the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, you know, the thing that tickles me is when these guys spoke in tongues, everybody could understand them. And, and in fact, that's the whole point. Uh, the word their tongue in the Greek actually simply means languages, and it lists all the different languages they were speaking. Whereas, I don't know, have you experienced anyone speaking in tongues? I, I have. And the thing is, you can't understand a word <laughs> that they are saying. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, I uh, went <laughs> when I was serving in Waterloo, Illinois. Uh, yeah. You never know what's going to happen in Southern Illinois, John. Oh, right? Waterloo, you, especially Waterloo. There. Especially Waterloo. Yeah. Watch out in Waterloo. Yeah. No, they set up a uh, revival, a tent revival an old-time tent revival right there in, in Waterloo on the side of Route 3. And uh, it, they put up a big old tent, and they were there for about a week. And as pastor in Waterloo, I thought, well, I better know what's going on here because this is drawing people. And while I was there, yeah, there was, just as an observer, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was speaking in tongues. And uh, there was an older gentleman that just ran around the tent nonstop because he claimed to be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and again, as you watch that, I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, how is this edifying people? How is this building them up? How is this ultimately, how is this sharing Christ <laughs> with anyone? This uh, speaking in tongues that is not translated and indiscernible and, and running around a tent. Uh, what purpose does that serve? And, and how does that point us, you know, ultimately to Jesus and not just to ourselves, right? 
uh, like you were saying, John, it's not about us as preacher. It's about the the message and it's about um, the, the one that that message is centered on. So, yeah, that's my one experience, John, of of observing speaking in tongues and, and, and uh, or at least a claim speaking in tongues. Right. So, so I don't want to dismiss that, that there are people that speak in tongues. We, we had one of our members who has now sainted and and she she said that in her private prayer life, she would have this kind of glossolalia, I think is uh, the term that mm-hmm. is used, this kind of. And, and I, I don't want to deny that that could be uh, the work of the spirit and maybe that could be of help to people. Uh, but but you're right. What what people call speaking of tongues. It's certainly not what happened on Pentecost, where the the identifying characteristic is that everyone, everyone could understand what they're saying. Um, But let's press on with the question. So we're not going to do that, certainly not in the Lutheran Church. So how can we duplicate Pentecost? Well, I think the answer is actually found in the next verse of our text. If we could start reading at verse 14 and read through verse 16, if you would. Okay. Well, thanks for not making me read all those place names, John. I knew that. I, I was thinking of you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who draw in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So, so here's the thing I like to point out to people. This is, this is the day of the Holy Spirit. Poor guy. It's the only day he gets all to himself, right? <laughs> I know. The third person the Trinity, this is his big moment, it seems. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, he's there. He's there at Christmas. He's there at Easter. But the only time he gets any kind of real emphasis is on Pentecost. And yet, what does Peter do? Does Peter start saying, I'm filled with the Spirit? Let me tell you what the Spirit has given me. Let me tell you the divine revelation the Spirit has given me, which it just occurred to me often people do don't they well yeah yeah exactly yeah you know a dream or a vision or a word you know at least that's the claim exactly but what does peter begin doing but how does he start his pentecost sermon so he brings them back to the scriptures right back to the words of the prophet joel the old testament prophet so so that would be point number one If, if we want to reduplicate what happened on pentecost then the thing we would need to do, you don't need to get up early in the morning. Thank God for that. <laughs> well, it is well, the third hour of the day. So that's nine o'clock, right? So, yeah. So this is a decent hour. It's doable for you retired guys, right? John, nine o'clock. <laughs> we can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we would certainly have to start by reading the scripture. That's what we'd have to do. Whatever else we do on Pentecost, we'd have to start by reading the Holy Word of God. Uh, and, and this whole prophecy from Joel is an interesting one, but uh, we don't have the time to, to uh, read through the whole thing. But I, I would like you to read verse 21, because that's kind of the point. It's uh, that verse 21 is the, the moral of the story, although it's hardly a moral, but it is the point. If you want to read verse 21. Yeah, so verse 21 there is he, he wraps up quoting Joel and it says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Okay, so we got our scripture, so we know that. Let me write that down, Matt. So if we want to reduplicate Pentecost, so that's our project. Like you say, we I, I love that analogy, Matt. On, on Christmas, we dress the children up and we kind of do a play act, a, a reenactment of, of uh, Bethlehem. So here, we've got to reenact, we got to read scripture, uh, and it has to do about being saved. Uh, and, and then... Peter actually explains what the scripture means. Would you mind reading the first few verses of Peter's sermon? Uh, how about just verses 22 through 24? Sure. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, was crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. So again, it always, you know, it always strikes me as interesting. It is the day of Pentecost. It's the only day the poor guy gets, the Holy Spirit gets. And yet Peter, by the way, filled with the Holy Spirit yet. And yet he spends all his time talking about who? The second person of the Trinity, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, essentially, we've got the Apostles' Creed here, don't we? In kind of an abbreviated form. Sure. There it is, you know. It hits uh, the high points, yeah. Crucified, uh, raised up from, from uh, raised from the dead. Um, uh, Dr. Nagel. Did you know Dr. Nagel? Sure, yeah, the seminary, you bet. Yeah, yeah. I, again, uh, another another one of God's saints. In fact, you know, the older I get, the more saints I know, Matt. <laughs> 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 which is kind of scary at my works, age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I remember Dr. Nagel saying that that's the true test. If you want to know whether you're listening to someone who has the Holy Spirit or not, you have to ask yourself, who are they talking about? And if they're talking about Jesus, and, and again, Jesus who was crucified, Jesus who was resurrected, Jesus who suffered and died for the forgiveness of our sins, <coughs> yeah, chances are that that's you, that guy does have the Holy Spirit. But the guy who would spend all this time talking about the Holy Spirit, well, you don't know. You don't know because there's other spirits out there, too. And it seems to me that the Holy Spirit always wants to spend his time talking about Jesus Christ. And that's what happens on, on Pentecost. Uh, and it's interesting, Matt, again, we're, we're running out of time here. But if we read on, we'd see that, again, he goes back to the Scripture. He doesn't just tell us about Jesus, but he tells us how this was a fulfillment of what the Bible said. And he gives us the various passages from the Psalms. And, and, and then he says this. If we could get to Peter's conclusion, uh, as verse 38, if yeah, you, you could. Bet. Verse 38. Here we go. Peter says to them, repent to be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there you go, people. If you're looking to uh, reenact Pentecost, you don't need to put up the giant fans. Uh, we don't need to be setting the pastor's heads on fire. <laughs> Can we still have the Dove chocolate, though? <laughs> yeah, well, sure. <laughs> Who wouldn't want some Dove chocolate? Uh, and we don't need a giant uh, pigeon either. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, but what we definitely would need is we'd need to have the Holy Scripture. We would definitely need to have someone who's preaching us about Jesus Christ. And finally, we would definitely need to understand that we need to be baptized. That's got to be there. That we need forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus Christ. And that, by the way, if you have those things, you know for sure you have celebrated Pentecost the way it should be celebrated. Because that's what he says. He says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And here's the promise. You will, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you don't need anything else. You don't need to have speaking in tongues or whatever other signs are out there because there's all kinds of crazy signs that people come up with. But one thing you do need to do is you have to have the Word of God and you have to have Jesus Christ and His forgiveness and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're almost out of time. Any last comment, Matt? Well, I was just going to say, I'm thinking about, I, I agree, you know, that we need the Word of God, we need baptism, we need the preaching of Jesus. And I'm thinking, John, that sounds a whole lot like what we do every Sunday. <laughs> You know, and and in a way, every Sunday is a celebration of Pentecost because the Holy Spirit is at work. Well said, Matt. Well said. So we are celebrating Pentecost. God thanks and bless us with that. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics.